Our scripture reading today is from Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11. And our sermon today is entitled, The Book of Acts, The Witnessing Spirit. This is the Lord's word. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. The book of Acts can be said to be not simply the book of the Acts of the Apostles or the Disciples, but the book of Acts is about the act of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's act of proclaiming the gospel to the ends of the earth. This is a history about the Spirit's work in God's people. This is a history and a record of how God uses his people to spread the good news to the ends of the earth. Here in this passage, we see a distinct function of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a witnessing spirit. Now, for many of us, when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about the third person in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three, spirit, these three persons in one are equal, co-eternal, but distinct in their function. They are in perfect harmony together, one in love. All three of them equally God, and we worship the Father, we worship the Son, and we worship the Holy Spirit. For us today in our world, we think that when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of the Spirit bring, bringing about the change into people's lives. We understand when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we become new people, a new creation. Your ability and desire to know God is because the Holy Spirit lives in you. Your desire to grow in God is because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And your power to change is because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so we look to the Spirit of God to change our hearts that we may believe in Him. And we look to that same Spirit to continue to help us to grow. In many ways, the Holy Spirit, true as it, as it is, is that counselor that lives in us, that keeps telling us that we are saved by grace and grace alone. Is that counselor that lives in us, that keeps telling us that the devil does not have a foothold in our hearts. It's the counselor that dwells in us, that tells us that sin can no longer reign in us. It's that counselor that dwells in us, that tells us that we are loved by God, loved from now into all of eternity. 
And this is the news of the gospel that we all hear. This is the role of the Holy Spirit to put into place, into our hearts, the truth of what Jesus has done on the cross. And we lift up Jesus' name and we thank the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit lives in us and changes us. But the Spirit has a different role as well, a distinct role. And this other role, this role as the witnessing spirit, is the same spirit that lives in all of us. We see in the Old Testament in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, it is the spirit of God that was hovering over the emptiness, the chaos, until the Lord spoke by his word and all came into being that was not into being. We know from John chapter 1 that the word that the Lord spoke is actually Christ himself, that Christ is the one who created all things. But it is the Spirit of God, even in creation, that was hovering, that was witnessing. Witnessing what God, the triune God, the Father, Son, was doing in creating all things. The witnessing Spirit. The one who sees. And this witnessing spirit continues on until here in the New Testament, in the book of Acts. You see, in the book of Acts, these men who are waiting for, for, God's, for Jesus to tell them their, 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 their mission, they had already knew who Jesus was. They already knew who God was. They already professed their faith in Jesus. They were already being trained to understand the fullness of the gospel. Jesus spent 40 days with them, telling them all the things that they had already learned, the same things that Jesus taught them when he was walking with them for three years. He taught them the same thing, but in light of his resurrection. In some ways, these apostles already had the Holy Spirit in them because they came to believe in Christ. But Jesus wanted to give them the fullness of the Spirit to understand the full spectrum of the role the Holy Spirit plays in their lives and plays in our lives as well. For you see, the Holy Spirit is a witnessing spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came upon these people from heaven, they realized that their faith was not simply for themselves. That their faith was not simply turning inward and looking how to sort of live a whole life for the Lord by in their own hearts. But they, real, they realized that the spirit that came upon them, the same spirit, is a spirit that sends people out and sends them to share the good news of Christ with all. These disciples, brothers and sisters, were not men of high repute. They're not educated men. Luke himself is probably the most educated, and then Paul later on. 
Peter, fishermen. John and James, fishermen as well. And we'll see later on that the, that the first grand speech that's given in the book of Acts is, is through the mouth of Peter. We see when the Holy Spirit came upon them, that people who were around them said, how is it that we hear the gospel in our own language? These people did not study. And yet the Spirit compels God's people. The Spirit compelled these apostles to go forth and share the good news, to be witnesses. And so it is with us as well as God's people, that when the Spirit has come upon us, the Spirit is not here to simply change my life, but the Spirit is here for us to be sent out to go and share the good news of Christ with all. The Greek word for witness is the same word that we get the word martyr from. And we all know that the, the word martyr means someone who has died for their faith. But in Greek as well, the, the word martyr simply means to witness. That's all it means is to witness. But that word has been transformed into dying for your faith because those who would witness about Christ, many of them died for their faith. There's a compulsion a love of God that comes from the Spirit that allows God's people to boldly share the good news with all. For us here at Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church and for the church as a whole, we must not quench this part of the Spirit to be bold in our proclamation to others, to be able to speak the truth in love. And if that means that we are persecuted, if that means people scoff at us, if that means people turn their backs on you, so be it. I think we live in a time today where it is very difficult to say anything that you believe in. And this doesn't matter. It doesn't matter sort of what culture you're coming from or what point of view you're coming from. No one is able to say anything. In many ways, the time that we're living in today is even more difficult than the time of the first apostles. And the first apostles, their, their time was a synchronistic time where everyone would just share their ideas and, and share their, their, uh, their, their philosophies. And they would try to say, how do we put this all together and live a good life? Now you put those same people together in our culture today, everyone will be fighting with one another. We as God's people, as we enter into this culture, we need to be winsome. But we cannot, cannot dilute the truth of Christ. 
Christ is a stumbling block to this world. The only reason that Christ is so powerful in your life is because Christ is true. The only reason why Christ is so powerful in the church is because Christ is the Lord of all things. And if he is the Lord of all things, he compels us to share that good news to all. Despite the ramifications of this world, do not wait, brothers and sisters. Do not wait until you believe the timing is right. Do not wait until you believe that the stars are aligned. Do not wait. But be eager in prayer. Be eager in sharing. Be eager in loving. Be eager in telling the good news of Christ to all. Now the apostles did something that that's that's something that you and I would do, and it and it and it looks the apostles just being human. They, God has just promised them. Jesus just promised them. Just just wait. Just wait till the Spirit comes, and I will send you. And then they ask this question: Is it not for you, to, uh, Lord? Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? It's a good question, but it's not a question that Jesus himself is fully invested in. Let me, let me say that. Let's say it this way. You see, the apostles, under, the apostles when, they would, when they would read the Old Testament, when they look at Ezekiel and Isaiah, they, they, they would see that, that God promised to restore the kingdom of Israel. Remember the, when, when Jesus came in on Palm Sunday and they said, glory to the King Most High. They were looking for Jesus to restore Jerusalem. Everyone was waiting for the kingdom, the nation of Judah, the physical nation of Israel to be restored. And so even the apostles at this point are, are thinking the same thing. So does this mean when the power comes, that you will restore Israel, and if so, when, God? When, O oh Lord? And Jesus does this, this beautiful thing where he doesn't answer the question directly, but instead points them to what is important and what we must be doing. And as we go about doing the Lord's work. As the apostles went about doing the Lord's work, it became clearer and clearer to them that Israel is not a physical nation, that the kingdom of God is not a physical nation, but the kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom of Christ to the ends of the earth. You see, verse 8, he says, when you receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes to you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Don't concern yourself about when, when um, Israel will be restored. Don't be concerned about that question. Don't be concerned about when I will fulfill my promises. Your duty is simple. Continue to witness where you are, 
here in Jerusalem, then go out to Judea, then go out to Samaria, and to go out to the ends of the earth. And continue to share the good news until I come. There is no preseason, season, postseason to be a witness for the Lord. There is no time that we're waiting for. But we are always in season sharing the gospel, the good news to all. I can only imagine if the apostles heard this and decided, we'll stay in Jerusalem. We're just going to stay in Jerusalem. And we'll wait until things have settled down here. We'll wait till the church is fully established. We'll wait till we get all our ducks and, and, and all our things in order, and then we'll go out. But we know that the early church, every church, well, the great analogy that people like to give is the early church and every church is like a plane that is flying. But if you look around, the plane is not finished. And you might be nervous that the plane might crash. But it won't. The apostles kept on sharing the gospels. The apostles kept on, were being sent out to different places. And to this day... Today, the gospel has gone forth to the ends of the earth. I can only imagine. Can you imagine the apostles in heaven right now? And as they look down to see how far the gospel has gotten. Look at every nation. God's witness continues to, to flourish. Look at every church that are continue to sending out people for, for the gospel of Christ. And even for ourselves, the field, the missions field is vast. And we as God's people, being compelled by God, must continue to share the good news of Christ. Lastly, when, the, when, when they saw Jesus come up, uh, go away, uh, there were two men who said, or two angels who said to them, listen, the, the Jesus that you saw taking up, he will come down the same way. In other words, in, in God's timing, he will return. It is not for you to know when. It is only up to us to not quench the Holy Spirit, to be a church that goes forth and shares the good news. Brothers and sisters, my charge to you is to continue in prayer, to pray for those who do not know Jesus. Do not give up. 
my encouragement to you is to find opportunities to share the gospel with people. There are many different ways you can do that. There are people who feel tons of guilt and you can share with them that Jesus takes away that guilt. There are people who feel so much shame in their past and you can share with them Jesus takes away that shame. There are people who want to be successful and realize that success doesn't do anything. You can share that with them that Jesus loves them unconditionally. There are many paths to bring people to Jesus and then let the Spirit work in them to bring them to us, to bring them to the family of God. Secondly, be, and, and we'll see this all through, all through the book of Acts, and I hope this encourages you. Be ready to be rejected. Let me say that again. Be ready to be rejected because of Christ. If Christ was rejected, if the prophets were rejected, if the apostles were rejected, if they were persecuted because of what they believed in Christ, what makes us think that we are exempt? We're not. But here's the blessing. We will be able to see people actually come to the true Christ only if we preach and share the true Christ with people. For that same Jesus that some people reject will be that same Jesus that some people receive. And if you share a gospel, if we share a gospel that's less than Jesus, then we will fool ourselves into receiving people who receive a Jesus that's defective and cannot save. But a church, in order to be a church that is able to, to, to really um, see people come to know Jesus, we need to be, pre be prepared to be rejected in order that those who will are going to be saved may be revealed to us. Are you ready? Are we ready? The Holy Spirit will not be denied. God's kingdom will not be denied. We as God's people, let us walk in truth. Let us be bold 
let us not be captive by the times of the day and say, well, it's not the right time to do this. The culture is, is X, Y, and Z. Yeah, let's, let's think through things. But in the end, be witnesses to our Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we, we do confess, Lord, that when we think of your Holy Spirit, we think of a spirit that is there just to comfort me, comfort us. We think of a spirit that is there just to help me and to help me to, to be a better person or, or to help me to grow as a Christian. But, Father, there's an aspect of the spirit that compels us and causes us to share the good news with all, willing to risk everything for you. Father, we, we confess, Lord, in 21st century America, Lord, that that part of the spirit we've quenched. But we ask of you for revival. We ask of you that you would help CCPC to be a witnessing church, Lord God. That we would hold each other's hand and help each other out. That we would comfort each other when people reject you, Lord God, and in so doing reject us. That we would comfort each other in Christ. But at the same time, Lord God, that when we share the true gospel, that you would be pleased to UCCPC, Lord, to reveal the sons and daughters of God. That we would see repentance come through tears of people that we share the gospel. That we would see a 180 turn in people and we would be able to say, yes, this isn't a philosophical change. Yes, this isn't just a, a change in how they, people decide to live their lives, but this is a fundamental change in a person's orientation and direction in their heart. And so, Lord God, help us, Lord, not to ask questions that inhibit our witness, theological questions, but help us just to follow. May you be pleased, Lord God, to use our church to witness, Lord, to those who do not know you of the grace that can be theirs. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.